every time you hear these horns, it is the panel. And no, my hearty Mike, Tane Hotaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. And it's always wonderful to be with you, Wallace Chapman here. Now, a tsunami threat has been issued for Vanuatu, Fiji, New Caledonia after a 7.7 magnitude earthquake struck southeast of the Loyalty Islands. The issues were, the warnings rather, were issued just after 3 p.m. by the Pacific Tsunami Warning Centre. The earthquake was nearly 38 kilometres deep. Now, NEMA says we are assessing whether the uh, 7.7 southeast of Loyalty Islands earthquake poses any tsunami threat to New Zealand. If a tsunami has been generated, it is not likely to arrive in New Zealand for at least uh, one hour, it says. But uh, we will keep you up to date uh, with the latest on that throughout the panel. Today, more budget reaction and one that really got people excised was free prescriptions, uh, $618 million allocated to scrap $5 co-payments for prescriptions. So today, just after four, we talk to a pharmacist of 17 years and ask what it's like on the front line, so to speak. Uh, the trustee tax rate that will rise from 33 to 39% in line with the top tax rate. Could it have unintended consequences? Do you have assets in a trust? Also on the panel, Manorewa Local Board Deputy Chairman Matt Winiata was in tears when he heard that the John Walker Find Your Feel of Dreams program that provides swimming lessons, etc., could be at threat. He outlines how he felt on the panel this afternoon and today. Well, for two years during the pandemic, the panel would... Each Monday, profile a tiny business or a startup, an idea in lockdown out of losing your job. Well, two years later, we go back to one of those ideas and see if they're still going. So that should be interesting. And today it's Pink Shirt Day, aiming to highlight bullying at school, at work, online. One thing is for sure. If you are bullied, that experience stays with you. Have you experienced bullying? Text me 2101 or you can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Catherine Robertson, best-selling author, co-owner of Good Books to Ara Wellington, uh, resident in Hawke's Bay these days. Catherine, kia ora. Good to have you on the panel. Kia ora, Wallace. And Chris Wikaida, Director of BRG, specialising in Māori communications, former journalist. Chris, kia ora, welcome. Ah, kia ora, kia ora. All right, Chris and Catherine joining us this afternoon. A great Friday lined up for you. And, well, let's start with this. Becoming a state of Australia. So, Mark Knopf Thomas, yesterday on the panel, put it out there as just a thought idea. And wouldn't you know it, he got a lot of response. He said... <laughs> Yeah, exactly, Chris. He he said, uh, it's just not good enough here in New Zealand. We are down and out. We need to pull with Aussie and be part of them. Guess what? Quite a few people agreed. Uh, here's one. Would it be, it'd be a good way to address tax issues? The highest tax rate is 45 cents in the dollar. They seem happy to pay for the services they require. In New Zealand, we want more services but want to reduce the amount of tax we pay. Tony says, I've had enough 
of the constant negativity. I've got my one-way fare booked and a great job lined up in Australia. I hope to be back, but honestly, I need a break from New Zealand from New Zealand for a few years. And Rob Bye. says. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Uh, Chris, thus speaking, and one more here, Rod says, listen to this, I'm currently sitting on my yacht in Australia, and I wholeheartedly support becoming part of Australia, but would they want us? A bunch of whiners we've become. Chris, you have used, let's go to you, Catherine, you're you're in the Hawks Bay, would you want us to become (laughs) part of Australia? Oh, look, it's a country that tases 92-year-old women and has truck truck drivers trying to beat up Jimmy Barnes. I don't think we want a part of that, do we? I don't know, do we? So that sounds like a no from you, Catherine. What about you, Chris? <laughs> no, people, there may be a group of New Zealanders who say we're, we're nothing but whiners at the moment, but have you been to Queensland? Have you been a little bit inland? I don't oh, have it, actually. There's, um, yeah. I'm not sure that there is cultural compatibility. Uh, okay. And I'm just talking about the white people, not the black fellas. Talk to the black fellas, and I've got a whole different story. All right, so a resounding no all round on the panel to becoming a state of Australia. So Mark Knopf Thomas, uh, you're on the you're on your own on that. Uh, philanthropy, we talked about that. Many of you weren't so hot on what Chris Finlayson said on the panel about rich people wanted to pay more tax. Um, you know, they put out the super wealthy put out a letter about a hundred of them. Uh, Chris said, just donate more. Uh, and many of our institutions, Chris said, such as art galleries, are built on philanthropy and we also had EcoStore founder Malcolm Rands on the panel who said as a high net wealth person he's happy to pay more tax so this was the start of the week Sean said philanthropy is a flimsy loincloth worn by Plutarchs to cover their shame round the panel on this Catherine uh, what of this for you well what happens when the philanthropy dries up I mean it's extraordinarily difficult to get funding for anything and many philanthropists are quite adamant about what they might, what they want their money to go towards, and that can be quite narrow. And it is absolutely not fair. Um, it is, you know, we have a we we aim to have a fair tax system. We don't, but we aim to, and uh, and they should pay tax like anyone else. But you've you're in the arts. You're on the board of uh, arts oh. committees. You would have seen philanthropy at good work firsthand. I have. I have, and I appreciate anybody who's donated to any arts project I've been a part of, but it is very hard work. Not all philanthropists put their hand up and say, I want to donate to something. You have to go out there and ask them. You have to go out almost like any charity and ask for money, and that is extraordinarily hard work. And so, you know, philanthropy just doesn't, nobody's out there throwing you vast sums of money and you can just catch it. It is work to get philanthropy. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is is the motivation of the person. And if you look at, you know, Wellington has a great example of what, um, you know, Mark Denayacek has done here with the Children's Hospital. Um, and that was just, you know, very clearly him saying he wanted to share the the success that he had had with the community that he had, had lived in, pure and simple. But it was much, much larger than most. And that makes us as Wellingtonians, you know, incredibly fortunate. Um, but... Yeah, 
there are other sectors. You know, talk about um, you know, Catherine's comment about the tax rate and, and and getting enough money to pay for services. If you look at the rescue helicopter network in New Zealand, that exists on charity. Um, now, to be fair, the government has put more money into it in recent years, but we would not have rescue helicopters across the country if it wasn't for charity, because they've never ever been funded enough by the crown. So a uh, complicated picture there. Thank you for both. I'm just jumping in for some breaking news here. The police say uh, the bodies of four victims have been removed from the scene of the fatal Wellington hostel fire. Acting Wellington District Commander Inspector Dion Bennett is speaking at a news conference in Wellington now. He says the bodies of five people have been found. He says fewer than ten remain unaccounted for. So uh, we will have more as on that story as it comes to hand and no doubt in checkpoint as well. Uh, now we are going to be talking about this as well uh, straight after four o'clock but a lot of response regarding budget analysis yesterday. We talked for the whole hour and a quarter on the budget yesterday. Free prescriptions. I work at the front line. Your panel is so wrong. Uh, Mark and Ruth Money weren't so keen on this uh, policy. Uh, they are a massive help in healthcare. Ask any chemist. Thousands of prescriptions are not picked up because uh, of every person, often three or four necessary prescriptions just because you have a chest infection. So, yeah, interesting there. And one more uh, comment about... Actually, no, why don't we jump into... I've been thinking I want to give that time because there are a couple of really interesting ones uh, this afternoon, starting with you, Catherine Robertson. Right. Well, after all of that, I feel very um, so sad about the, the low fiscal yeah. accommodation. That is just such a tragedy. Um, and then I feel like I'm trying to talk about something trivial, but it's not really. Um, I'm staring out at the moment at my lawn, and the most exciting thing in it is the dandelions, which shows how much I care. But I'm, I have just discovered, I've just decided that my lawn is entirely pointless. It's not, you know, it's not visually exciting. It's not biodiverse. Mm. It costs money to maintain. And when I can afford it, when the time is right, spring or autumn, um, I'm going to dig it up and with help and uh, and I'm going to plant it out again and give us a bit more outdoor space and I want a pond and I want to encourage all the birds to come and I want to plant it in things that would be naturally growing around here so I don't have to worry about irrigation and I think that would be so much better than having my lawn. It's a gamble because it could look an absolute mess. I, look, honestly, at the moment it looks an absolute mess because I care not about my lawn. So, you know, some of my neighbours have this, have these beautifully sort of weeded and cared for lawn and mine is just stubby grass. <laughs> so it's not a pretty lawn. But don't you aspire to that? Couldn't you get some more green seed, proper lawn seed? Because isn't the aspiration to have that beautiful lawn where you have the moan and strips, then you put a nice um, white, <laughs> uh, white, you know, white cast iron table and chairs and and then you have some um, pastis and cucumber sandwiches in a Hawks Bay well, summer. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that what you aspire to? I mean, is oh, wearing like a tea planter's head. head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Chris. Exactly. Um, no, okay. I'd like to do that on my deck um, and not risk standing on a little bit of only hunger weed because I'm not poisoning my entire lawn with weed pellet. All right. Uh, very good. Uh, I've been thinking, Chris Weekider. Yeah, I heard you the day before. 
yesterday, I think it was, talking about the Christchurch water. Yes. And yes, it absolutely was. Stunning water straight out of the tap for a long, long time um, because of, you know, it comes through those nice alluvial gravels, that shallow yeah. aquifer from the Waimakadiri River and across the across the city. You know, those that aquifer supplies the likes of Otakaro, the Avon River, Opawaho, the Heathcote River, and all the numerous springs around there. And it was absolutely stunning. Now, I spent a lot of my life going between Taumaranui and the King Country, and anyone who grew up in the Nui would know we had about the worst reticulated water in the in the country. It was terrible. tasted like mud. And then in the summer, it tasted like mud and dead algae and chlorine. Um, so the issue with Christchurch is the water quality is superb. The infrastructure, not so much. Um, but just going for this, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Thou Must Chlorinate Just Because Brigade. Okay. Um, but here's the challenge for the Christchurch City Council. They get the infrastructure right, and and I'm not sure that those who say you'd have to replace the entire network um, are right, um, but it could be absolutely envied as the best urban water supply in the country. It's not the water that's the problem, it's the pipes. We had a heap of very, very angry Cantabrians email me after we had that issue. That, oh, I'm sure. Uh, here we go. I mean, we're talking now, about there was, to fair, words. There, there was a contamination issue a couple of them after the earthquakes, and that was because of damage to the infrastructure. Now, one of those was fixed up relatively well, one not so much. So we ended up with a few Christmases ago, a part of Christchurch that ended up with, with treated water, and it was probably overchlorinated a little bit, if my mother is to be believed. Um but yeah, that that's an infrastructure issue. It, but the water is just absolutely stunning. Okay, yeah, echoed by uh, text here. Christchurch had beautiful, clear water for decades. The envy of the country. Now, officials are assessing the risk of a tsunami hitting New Zealand in the coming hour after a massive magnitude 7.7 quake north of New Zealand. The Pacific Tsunami Warning Centre warned waves reaching 30 centimetres to one metre above the tide level are possible for some coasts of New Zealand and for Vanuatu locals are being warned that waves of one to three metres above the tide level are possible so we'll have the latest uh, on that also through the panel on RNZ National